Hello and welcome to the EdSurge podcast, a weekly look at how education is changing. I'm Jeff Young. A two-minute video made by students at the University of Wisconsin at Madison was meant to promote school spirit and, and bring the campus together during homecoming festivities a couple months ago. But some students there had a very different reaction as they watched scene after scene of students working and playing around campus where almost every one of the students shown was white. Another member of the chapter told me to go back and to rewatch the video and that it was actually a little bit scary. And I said, scary? What are, like, what are you talking about? And so I kind of, I started the video over again. The University of Wisconsin-Madison has been home to thousands of students since 1848. And, you know, it started off with the old clips of, you know, the campus in like the 1940s and 50s and, you know, long, long skirts. And, you know, of course, you know, that started off as, you know, historically white. And it just kept progressing and progressing. And there was no change of audience. There was no change of, you know, student population or student demographic. And it just, it was, it was honestly pretty scary to kind of look at. Home is where we are. Come celebrate it with us. The student reacting to the video there is, is Kingsley Rain Pisang, a senior at the university and the outgoing president of Alpha Kappa Alpha, an African-American sorority there. She had actually been looking forward to seeing this because she and several of her sorority sisters had been filmed and, and told they'd be part of the video, which was slated to be played on the jumbotrons at halftime during the homecoming football game. And of course, blasted out on the university's social media channels. It sounded like a really cool concept. Um, because their their theme was um, it was aisles or like walkways. There there was a Delta commercial that they actually sent out attached to the email as the format mm. of you know what they wanted the video to look like. Uh, there so I believe there were probably eight of us present. Um, our, we have a chapter of eleven, mm-hmm. um, and so we were standing on the steps. It was layer or rows of two of us. And then we would do a hand gesture, like the hand gesture of our sorority. Mm. And then they had the camera like going up so you would be able to see everyone going up the stairs. But it turns out the final video did not include the footage of the students from Alpha Kappa Alpha. Apparently because the shots were too dark, they were later told. And there weren't any other minority student groups represented either. And it took another chapter member to say that there were actually no students of color or no marginalized groups in the video. It wasn't just about no any black, it wasn't just about any black people or the appearance of white people or like there was just a total erasure of students. One of those fellow chapter members was Peyton Wade, another senior at Madison. I was just really shocked because uh, we spent like over an hour filming. This is Kind of the things that we deal with every day on the on the campus of UW Madison. Um, as a student of color, personally, we always feel like erased or um, you know forgotten about, as if we're not here. And we do make up a very small portion of the school, but the school always talks about how they pride um, diversity and inclusion and equity and things like that. And then for them to say this is what home is and just kind of erase the majority of students of color. Um, that's why it's really an issue. And that's when I ended up, um, like making my tweet, which I was kind of like, I really don't, uh, say much or speak out much, I would say. So, 
Um, it did get me to the point where I felt the need to say something, but I definitely was not expecting this. Here's what she wrote in that tweet. I asked her to read it. Apologies for the poor sound quality on here. There's a, an unexpected glitch in the connection. As if being on a campus where you're unwanted and have to fight every day just to survive and make it isn't bad enough, at UW-Madison is back at it again, reminding us that we don't belong here and that there is no room for black students here. Hashtag surviving UW, hashtag home is white, hashtag the real UW. That tweet was part of a loud uproar about the video on social media just after it was released on Facebook back in September. Soon after, the university's homecoming committee that had created the video removed it from social media and issued this apology. They wrote, To promote student homecoming, we recently produced a video called Home is Where We Are. This is W-I, like the, the abbreviation for the state of Wisconsin. And we invited various student groups to participate in the video. Unfortunately, not all the video images produced were included in the final product, including those of students from underrepresented populations. We regret omitting those images, and we recognize that, by doing so, we unintentionally caused hurt to members of our campus community. We are sorry that our video failed to show the full breadth of the university experience and made members of our community feel excluded. The university also issued an apology, and the alumni group that oversees the homecoming committee pledged to take steps to bring more diversity to its student group in the future. The saga of this controversy at Madison was detailed in a big feature in the New York Times last week. And it seemed like a telling example of issues going on around the country when it comes to diversity on campuses and the struggle to create a climate where diverse populations feel at home. So for this episode, we wanted to talk to the students at Madison who spoke out and hear their views on how much they feel welcome on their campuses. For the record, we also reached out to the homecoming committee and the university seeking an interview, but they both declined beyond pointing us to their previous public apologies. Actually, colleges usually tout their diversity in slick videos like the one in Madison. The student committee that made it spent months on the project. And actually, that's what particularly frustrates Basang. My issue is with all of the eyes that the video had to go through mm. in order to get posted, and no one saw an issue with it. Um, that's, it's, it's a deeper problem. Um, it's almost that, that makes it almost worse to you that it's such a nicely done video with so much care to it and yet and yet somehow this this wasn't something that that called anything nobody let me sort of register anything yeah absolutely now i guess i'm curious um some people might say oh it's a homecoming video what's you know what's what's the big deal why does this matter um and and I'm curious what you what you would say to someone who might just say, you know, maybe they haven't really heard this heard of this issue, and they're just like, wait, a homecoming video? What's going on? So the issue, as I I, I will I will stand on this until the day that I die. It's not it's not about it's never about the isolated incident at our institution or at any other institution. Um, it's about. It's about that no one sees a problem until incidents like this occur. It's about the the subconscious that there's a total not not even disregard or disrespect, but it's just there, there's not even a thought. There's no compassion. There's no empathy. There's where marginalized groups of students are afterthoughts if you're not you know the white majority 
majority at um, at a majority of these predominantly white institutions, then you're not thought about, not considered to be a part of the community. And although it may just seem like a homecoming video or, you know, just, just uh, somebody forgetting to be put in a video or the lighting being too bad, it's about the fact that nobody cared. Mm -hmm. It's about the fact that okay, a black student may not have been in this, but there wasn't an Asian student, a disabled student. There wasn't a Native American student and the university sits upon stolen land. Mm. There, there are just so many aspects to what was wrong. There, mm -hmm. You didn't, you didn't, there wasn't anybody, there wasn't the, a glimpse of anyone at the Black Cultural Center or at the LGBTQ plus center. There wasn't any, there wasn't, there wasn't even the Jewish center. You know, there's so many, there's so many avenues and so many ways that you can avoid things like this happening, but nobody cared to make sure that it happened. The style of the video, with the camera kind of going down these rows of students so that viewers feel enveloped, like in some sort of virtual hug, the style actually kind of amplifies this lack of diversity in the video. Viewers are surrounded, almost suffocated in the footage, and all by people that look largely the same. I think that's what Pasang's friend meant when she told her it looked kind of scary. So is this what minority students feel like when they walk around Madison's campus? I asked Pasang that. There's only 1.8% of us, um, which is, that includes the uh, law school, that includes medical school, veterinary school, uh, pharmacy school. Um, they're just like, in total, that's less than a thousand students. Right. And the university is almost 40,000 people or it's above 40,000 people. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very possible that you go all day without seeing a black student or even a student of color or you only have one or two in a lecture of 500. Um, mm. So mm. It, that's, that's what it's like. And I also asked how she ended up choosing the university. So initially I'm from Detroit, Michigan, um, but my mother and I moved to Madison. And so I went to, I graduated from like Madison Public Schools. So I grew up not too far from campus, um, but the main reason I ended up going to UW, I have a tuition scholarship um, from a scholarship program called the People Program. Mm -hmm. um, so it's pre-college enrichment opportunity uh, program. For I owe my, my attendance at the university to People Program. Um, and as many, with as many obstacles and as many battles that I may have or strife that I have with the university. Um, one thing I will never, I, I love my scholarship program to death. Um, they've been a constant support um, from middle school all the way up until now. Um, and so really, um, they're, they're the sole reason I'm at this university. For Peyton Wade, a student who wrote that tweet criticizing the homecoming video, one draw was the low-cost in-state tuition since she grew up in Milwaukee. And it's a great school. University of Wisconsin-Madison has always just been uh, like a really big school that everyone um, kind of like dreams of going to. It's a great school, one of the best in the state. And yeah. um, also just like it has that college town type of feel. 
Um, so it was always somewhere that I really wanted to go, and then I actually went and shadowed one of my friends who went there. Um, this was my senior year of high school, and she went to high school with me as well. So she was a freshman at UW-Madison, um, and I really I enjoyed it then, and she kind of was really honest with me and told me how it's not very diverse, but if mm. you find your group of friends, um, you know, you can make it through it. So it's like, and you'll be fine. Um, so it was, it was like the perfect choice for me originally, cause I didn't want to be too far from home, but it's an hour and a half away from Milwaukee. So it gave me that distance and it's just a great institution academically because I went to a predominantly white high school. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was used to not being in a very diverse type of situation for school. So I wasn't too worried about it initially. Um, cause I had kind of dealt with it for four years, but it's, it's way different when you're away from home and the place where you are that's home now is um you have where you have to deal with like racism and microaggressions and different things like that. It's like you can't really escape it. So that's um what was the big difference for me between like high school and now in college because I was always able to come home and be with my family and, you know, leave school at school. But when you live on campus, like that's just your everyday life. These students didn't stop at criticizing the video. They wanted to do something about it. Through a group called the Student Inclusion Coalition, they ended up making a video of their own, flipping the script on that original. Here's how Pasang describes it. We wanted to do a student-led and student-based counter video that would show kind of more or less the issues with the university and kind of not necessarily just the different communities that weren't shown throughout the video. Yeah. And we wanted to do that in such a way where it was our voices, where we were, you know, we, we got to show, of course, like the marginalized groups, but not only the groups, but just like saying what the administration would never say for us mm-hmm. in our experiences. In fact, she ended up narrating that video which played during halftime at the homecoming game in place of the original. At UW-Madison, we learned lessons inside and outside of the classroom. The week before homecoming, we learned a lesson about what happens when some community members are forgotten. But this is not about a homecoming video. This is about who we are and how we are seen. We are people, we are scholars, and we are badgers too. My name is Giselle, and I'm Turtle Mountain Ojibwe, and I'm proud of my work in supporting my fellow Native students and bridging the gaps in our community. I am DeAndre, and I plan to use my nursing degree to one day become a physician. My name is Hong, and my research will help underserved families access healthcare. I'm Bella, I'm a law student, and I'm passionate about advocating for people in marginalized communities. We will not be erased. We are taking a stance with the university not only to be seen, but to be heard. We learn lessons best when we learn them together. We are here, we are important, and we are The original script was a lot more raw. It was a lot less pleasant um, mm-hmm. than, you know, what the final take was. Um, but then again, my major is strategic communications and I am a proud, a proud member of the J School. Um, at University of Wisconsin Madison, mm-hmm. and I had um, fantastic, fantastic teachers that essentially told. They reminded me that like you have to cater to your audience, mm-hmm. and 
with the crowd that was at the they they reminded you have to keep it simple and essentially during a time when people homecoming is a happy time you know people are coming back to see their old friends to drink to have the football games kind of just remember and relive their glory days that you know no one wants to see a pity video or you know assault just you know essentially no one wants to see the truth <laughs> and I had to remember that within within that stadium it would the, the truth probably would not have been the best. I love that she used the knowledge she learned at the university in her courses to push back and try to make a change at the institution. Is she happy with the message she was able to help put out? Although it may not have been the extent of what I wanted to say to kind of help the student body or the marginalized groups, it was, it was, I felt like it was widely receptive for the white majority. Um, Mm -hmm. And the people around, I just remember, because I didn't tell my, my mom and I just said that um, I helped make a video. I didn't tell them that I, you know, narrated it or I didn't say a lot of things. I just kind of, just kind of alluded to that. There's a video and I helped. And then around, along with the people that I was sitting with, um, I just remember when it came on them talking about, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember the video. And then they were just kind of talking about, and I was hearing their genuine thoughts just kind of process and kind of happen play by play. And after the video was done, I was listening to the people around me and they were just like, wow, that was a really, that was a well done video. Mm-hmm. And they really liked it and they were really receptive to it. And they didn't feel that it was, you know, too harsh or, you know, that it made them listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the point of strategic communication is to get people to listen and to yeah. get people to receive you know, and so once you get people listening, that's when you can talk about the harder truths. Um, and I think that the video got people to listen. And what does Wade hope that these protests and the video might lead to for the university? Yeah, I mean, I just hope that the university would be able to use this situation um, to see how much change that they really need to make. So I think the university should just kind of like follow suit and really make it more of a priority to um, diversify their campus. I don't think it's really ever been um, like a huge priority that they have. Like they need to look at it more, I don't know, more like they look at recruiting for football or something like, and they want to be the best um, when it comes to that. They should strive to be one of the best institutions when it comes to um, how their student body looks and how diverse it is. So I just think um, my hope is that, you know, there would be more students of color there in the future. So Um, people don't have to feel like they're alone or they don't have to go through some of the same instances that um, that I've gone through these past four years. So I think with um, having a more diverse student population would help that. One thing we were most curious about here going into this story was this question. Does digital tech like social media amplify these feelings of not being welcome? Or or does it help representation more often than not? As Pasang points out, the answer is not so simple. Social media is 
a double-edged sword because it can work in whatever way you want it to. Mm. Um, it can work to erase or it can work to really help and advocate for. Um, and in this case, and I would say that for a lot of other cases, social media has been a catalyst for hearing voices that aren't traditionally heard. And I think that, again, it, it helps. It helps for a large majority because we started a, a whole social movement within mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. um, we, myself and my peers were in the New York Times because of social media and the fact that we decided to voice to voice ourselves and to kind of not just sit there and not, you know, just kind of let things happen. Mm -hmm. um, and social media is, it's, it's mover and a shaker and a game changer, um, especially for voices and of marginalized groups and for students that you don't usually hear from or students that are silenced. Um, so social media it it can it, it it's a problem but furthermore it can be a solution to that same problem this has been the ed search podcast each week we tell stories like this one and we hope you'll subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can keep up with whatever we're up to and if you like the show please tell a friend or share on social media or leave us a rating or review i know i say that just about every week but it is true that sharing the show is the best way to show your support. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jeff Young. We'll be back next Tuesday with more on how education is changing. Thanks so much for listening.